In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Now, most of us remember the events that took place on September 11th, 2001. That was the year that the terrorist attacks fell upon the city of New York. And we remember the images that bombarded our television screens. The images of planes crashing into the Twin Towers. The images of people running for cover with, from the, with horror filled on their faces. The images of tears traveling down people's faces as they explained to us what they had just experienced. These images were seen in our living rooms, in our restaurants, our bars, everywhere where there were televisions. These images came to us from New York City, and our hearts went out to that city. All of us were glued to our televisions On the evening of September 11th, we couldn't take our eyes away. We wanted to know what was going on. And we all heard President Bush speak these words. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundations of America. These acts, they shattered steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. Now, no matter what you think of President Bush, there was something very profound in what he was saying. A city, a nation, is much more than buildings and steel. A city is made up of people, flesh and blood, New York City rallied behind the leadership of Mayor Giuliani at that time and of President Bush. And the nation rallied behind the heroism of firefighters and police officers who risked and even gave their lives in hope that they would save some. America, we did not mourn the buildings as much as we mourned the people who perished within the walls of those buildings. Flesh and blood is what makes a city, not bricks and mortar. In our epistle reading today, we see a new city through the eyes of the Apostle John. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea it was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Can you see this? Christ Jesus had just defeated Satan. The devil who had deceived the world, he was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. All evil was cast away from the presence of God. 
And then God starts rebuilding. The Father descends a new city upon the new earth, and he presents her to his Son. The city, she is Christ's bride. She is adorned with beautiful jewels. She is wearing the royal garments of Jesus' righteousness that he won for her in the bitter battle that he fought upon the cross. The city is ornamented with the love of her husband. Jesus died for this city, not for the walls, but this holy city that is coming down It is to be established in the new heaven, in the new earth. It is filled with people, flesh and blood, who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. This city is so much more than just buildings. This city is made up of flesh and blood. And if you have been baptized in Jesus and received Jesus as your Savior, this city is... It's made up of your flesh and blood. More than that, the city was paid for by Jesus' flesh and blood. The Apostle John continues in his description of what took place. He said, And I heard a loud voice from the throne. This loud voice, it was a declaration, a royal announcement. This means that everybody stops and listens. And the voice continues. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death, it shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. Do you hear that royal announcement? God is going to live with us. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And once they are wiped away, it says that there will be no more mourning or crying. There will be no more dying. There will be no more pain. Have tears welled up in your eyes because of the loss of someone. Have tears flowed because of the sins that you've committed or that someone else has committed against you. Sin leads to death, and this will be no more. Do you suffer pain of any kind, emotional or physical? We all know that the answer to all these questions is yes, because we live in this fallen world and we share the same experiences. The Bible says that what we experience is not uncommon to anyone else. And these things, 
Will they, the Bible says they will be no more. And on the last day, when Jesus establishes us within the walls of this holy city, we will no longer remember the anguish that we sometimes experience here. And there will no longer be times of doubt. And we will know something that we have not known this side of heaven. We will fully know Christ. He will dwell among us. And after the tears from our eyes are wiped away by his very hand, those eyes of ours will never produce tears caused by sorrow again. But for now, we're not in heaven. Although your permanent residence is in that new city, that new city, you are not there within right now. You are on the narrow road that leads to that city. And I want you to know that you do not travel this road alone. On the day of your baptism, God put a promise upon you. He wrote his name upon you. And he is taking you on this pilgrimage to that new place. That place that no eye has not yet seen. And Jesus is with you every step of the way. He put his name upon you and he promised you. And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This will end in joy, my friends. The Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. He proves to us that he is here within the word, within the supper, within the forgiveness of sins. That word, it comforts us. I know there are times, and you know there are times, when things seem too much. It seems as though things are out of control. You look at the world around you and it seems as though the devil is winning. But the Bible assures us, the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that things are not out of control. God is and always will be in control. And even in this crazy world, we know the love of Jesus who shed his blood his flesh and blood for our flesh and blood. We know him even this day. If you do not know this Jesus that I'm talking about, I would love to share with you about who he is. Come and talk to me, email me. I would love to share with you the good things that he longs to give to you. And we need not worry about our future. It is guaranteed today to us in this promise of the new city. We are free, even here, to love one another just as Christ has loved us. At the beginning of John chapter 13, it says that Jesus, knowing all things, that all things were given to him, he rose from supper put water in a basin, took off his outer garment, 
And he got down on his hands and knees before his creatures, before his disciples, and he washed their feet. And then he tells us, at the end of chapter 13, he tells his disciples, you see what I have done for you. And remember, he knew the future. He knew that all things were in his hands. He didn't have to worry that less than 24 hours they were going to be taken his life. His future was guaranteed. And he tells the disciples, a new commandment I give to you, as I have loved you, so also you ought to love one another. The thing is, what keeps us from loving others is fear that we don't have enough. We break the Ten Commandments because we fear that God is not going to take care of us. But today, you receive a promise of a new future where God himself will wipe away the tears from your eyes. Your future is guaranteed. All things have been given to you. As Christ gave to you, he, as, as God the Father gave to Christ, he freely gives to you. We have no fear. We can love others. And the funny thing is, as Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, he didn't first say love the world. He said, love one another. So you can look at the people in this congregation. This is your first assignment. (laughs) The people here, to love and to forgive as Christ has loved and forgiven us. And then he said something very profound. By this, this loving each other, the world will know that you are my disciples. In, John, in Matthew 5, he says, they, the, they will, the world will see your good works and praise the Father in heaven. So when we treat each other good, people will want to know what we have here. They'll be eager to hear about the one who died to forgive us our sins, about the one who died to forgive them their sins. The one who promised us a new city, the one who has said this new city is also for them. So do not lose hope as you journey on that narrow road to the marriage feast that we will celebrate within the walls of that new city. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit declare to you today, Behold, I am making all things new. Even if it doesn't look like it, his word is true. If you believe in Christ, your future is secure. And God proclaims, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers. That just means abide. Stay with Jesus. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. As we said at the beginning of this sermon, a city is made up of flesh and blood. You can go ahead and pinch yourself. That's flesh and blood. The new city that came down out of heaven, it is no exception. This city is made up of the flesh and blood of God's children. Children who trust in Jesus as their Savior. Children who have had their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. And we, the people of God, present in this house of bricks and mortar this morning, will dwell in that holy city with the church universal, the new Jerusalem, and we will dwell with our Savior, the Bridegroom, forever. And now may the peace of this word guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.